feel like we always have to wait respectfully till after that nice guitar lick. No, that lick is like like Daniel Huff laying down a beautiful lick. So it's like I don't want to step. I don't want to step on that. That's right. You Welcome know? to Like Trees Walking. I'm Mike Nelson. I am David Berge. This is the podcast where we talk about the most important things of life, and we help to unpack them. We do it from a Christian perspective, but all are welcome to listen and participate in the discussion. Absolutely. And but you're not permitted to smuggle <laughs> yes. anything. If you're smuggling anything in, we're kicking you out. Go back and listen to the previous <laughs> podcast to understand and what is happening. Get the joke. You'll get the reference. The the meme. Uh, we got a great show today. We have a couple of. Uh, we have a department. We're revisiting an old department that'll be a little later on in the We're podcast. We're dusting it off on uh, one that we've neglected for far too long. And, and no, it's not a lightning round. It's something else. Yeah, that's right. We realized uh, we had a we had a gold here. We had a gem, and we just dropped it along the roadside as though it were mere trash. And so we're dusting it off. We're polishing it up and bringing it back to you. Yeah, it'll be like a shiny. Like you'll fall in love all over again. <laughs> For the first time. And which means, uh, yeah, you'll remember the theme song and you'll go, there'll be one of two reactions. You'll go, oh, yay, this one. Or you go, oh. There, that, like that again, I thought there was a good reason you haven't picked that, that one up. I thought you let it die or put it out of its misery. But either way, we win somehow. I'm not sure how. Uh, but before that, we have a big, important question, which we will answer as well. Yes. Uh, so I'm, 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 ex- I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to tackle tackle this one and take it up. Well, what should we do? Should we just dive right into it? Or should we talk about the uh, wonderful lunch we just had, which was comprised of uh, Trader Joe's cheeses? Oh, I think we should talk about that first. <laughs> we always, uh, just uh, again, the, the sausage being made, we do a podcast and we have a nice little break. And uh, Pastor Berge usually enjoys my home-brewed kombucha. That yes. is right. I have a... Some sad, unfortunate news, though, to share on that one. It is unfortunate. I have dropped the ball on the kombucha thing, and uh, I just stopped doing it. I have a a SCOBY growing in my closet, for those of you who are familiar with the (laughs) kombucha lifestyle. It sounds like like the beginning of a horror movie. I have a SCOBY (laughs) growing in my closet. (laughs) At least I, I finished it off with closet and not, you know, growing in my thigh or something it's, it's like on that. my back I, yeah, I can't, can't get, get rid it. of this thing uh but so anyway so we've switched over to uh as a stopgap measure to rooibos uh, brewed and iced rooibos tea uh mr Berge, how does that fare in it, comparison? It, it's actually tastes really good and, and um you before gave me hot rooibos which i wasn't like crazy about um sure. But this cold rooibos is really good this like iced rooibos is excellent and mike i feel like you're not the biggest tea person though I'm not. I, I usually scorn tea, but I, I just, you know, it's. I have it around for uh, sort of the more effete friends that I have, like you, who <laughs> like to get into these sort of delicate, yes, frou-frou yes. things. And so I keep uh, kombucha and stuff around to satisfy you hippie types. Thanks. Yeah. No, if you follow Mike on Twitter, I think a couple of years ago there was some series of really pointed anti-tea tweets that came out. I uh, I, I do enjoy the occasional uh, trolling people on very <laughs> innocuous things like uh, going after green beans or just something that only mildly annoys me on a particular time. And you would not believe the, the backlash that you get from people defending steamed carrots or, you know, you <laughs> yeah. name it, whatever I just sort of mildly put down. Mike Nelson evis- eviscerates Necco <laughs> <Yeah>. wafers. <laughs> So, all right. So there we go. Now we're prepped. We have our rooibos. Uh, we're all set. Yep. Let's get to the big question, right, which ask is... Me, ask me the question, Mike. 
Mr. Berge. Pastor Berge, please. I'm sorry. Pastor Berge. You have a beef. I do you have, have beef. You have an annoyance, and that is... I'm sure you've heard it a lot. People out there know it. It's not just, I don't think it's just a a pastor thing that you have to deal with. It's a very wide-reaching subject. And that that is sort of the the idea that I don't need to go to church. Uh, I look at a a redwood, and I find all the spiritual comfort and all the meaning that I could possibly find in the universe out of staring at that redwood. Or you know, you know, whatever yeah, variation like, of like it. Looking go, at a sunset. I look at a sun, I go to the beach and I watch a sunset or it rains and I see I see a rainbow. But Mike even brought up the like next the next <laughs> level. I see a double rainbow. Right. Which, you know, I, I'm more sympathetic towards the double rainbow than I am the single rainbow. But it's sort of just this like, yeah, that that my spirituality, my spiritual needs like why stuff me in a dusty old box of a church when I can go out and go hiking by myself and I can meet God in nature. And so like, like what's your problem, man? Just let me experience my spirituality. Um, so that's your beef. And to those people, not, not a specific person, although no, no, if you're I'm, out there and you recognize yourself, go ahead and take I'm it talking, personally. I'm talking, to, I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you, chief. And so let's, all right, I'll, I'll role play. I'll be that guy and I'll, I'll say that to you. And you, we're sitting next to each other on a plane. All right. Here's the role play, and uh, I'm pushing my you off my middle seat uh, <laughs> yeah, armrest because there's no way I'm letting you have that. Hey, man, what do you do? <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm a pastor. Oh, yeah? I sell uh, shoelace. That sounds that sounds even worse yeah, than my awesome, job. Yeah, it's awesome, man. A pastor, huh? Yeah. What a waste. You know why? Because I just like to go out, man, and I put my TiVo sandals on, and uh, I just cycle out into nature, into the desert. I live up by Ojai, by the oh, way. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, Ojai, California, I, man. Right Yeah, on. and I just hang out up there, and I just I look at that sunset, and I'm good, man. I don't need God. I don't need your church, dude. Also, I'm taking the armrest again. Oh, you is. So yeah. your answer to that is? My, <laughs> you framed this very well. <laughs> so the the two to this person like, nature is you know it's more like it's not antagonistic it's more like oh cool you know like it's nice that you do your thing nature is my church okay you know? i'll be less antagonistic yeah yeah don't be so much of a jerk hey, man no it's great to meet you yeah but i'm good thanks i don't need you i got my church and my church is nature oh did i so nail it you did you nailed okay, it so Absolutely. go ahead and i'll say well what about when that mountain lion jumps on you and begins eating your face? Is nature your church? I love it, man. That's I love it more. I think my um and and I am not going to denigrate uh, a sort of a, a a people who love nature. I love nature too. One of my favorite things when I did actually live in the town of Ojai, California, that Mike jokingly referenced, <laughs> and and Ojai is a really cool town. It's kind of crunchy, uh, crystally. Uh, crystal gazing, you might say. Um, but it's like hiking there is absolutely beautiful. It's one of the most gorgeous places on earth. And there is a spiritual dimension to nature, uh, uh, undeniable. And a Christian spirituality includes, I would say, a robust theology of creation and of nature. Absolutely. Yep. But my beef is, here's my absolute beef, is 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 um, I am constantly, and, and, and I think this person, like a lot of times when they say it, it's not like a... They come at it like like they were, like they're sort of like, I was, like maybe they were a Christian or I did have something to do with that. But it's like, man, your stuffy old thing you're doing, like I found something better. And I am so uh, just, just, 
beefing hard with this very selfish and self-centered nature that most people um, approach that most people take towards their towards their spirituality like like what's the point of this and I think that there's a and 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 maybe I lament just what a poor job the church has done with communicating like actually what we're doing in church that that we have sort of reduced it to like either something that's just dull and boring and drab and so we're going through the motions and the spirit is not in it you know what I mean we're just doing this out of habit rather than any sense of not that doing things out of habit is necessarily uh, anti to to, to spirituality not at all these but, rituals and yes, things and habits rituals. and rituals are important but that we've lost the spirit right the spirit has left the building and so these are dead rituals as opposed to living life-giving rituals maybe we've done that or maybe it's more likely that the church has said you know what everything like today is entertainment and so um we need to entertain people and so the church has like reduced itself to this sort of carnival show um that we're doing and so there's no wonder that people walk away from church if it's just like this you know crass form of entertainment or this like empty dull dead uh, pharisaical stultifying place i can't blame people for walking away from that but what I can blame people for doing is this approach that we take to spirituality that is entirely self-centered, focused on me, my needs, getting what I want. One of the most um, powerful conversations I've had that's really helped me in shaping my understanding of the importance of, of church, and there's a lot of dimensions to this, um, but I'll focus on this one first. And it was a conversation that I had with a friend who had gone through recovery, who had gone through AA. And, um, and uh, yeah, they, they had achieved the milestone. I got to go to a, a meeting and then kind of reflect on it afterwards because I'm very interested in sort of the concept of life transformation in, you know, walking away from an addiction to, you know, conversion to Christianity and where there's resonances in that. And actually, if you look at the origins of the Alcoholics Anonymous movement, it was born originally out of in England, right. uh, a, right. a Christian, you know, a Christian thing, the Oxford movement or something like that. And so anyways... Um, we were talking about this and, and, you know, the meetings, it's like, they're very routinized. You want to talk about ritual and, uh, and habit and repeating the same things over and over again. These meetings, I think, look exactly the same. Everybody's familiar with how these meetings go. <laughs> yes. You've seen them a thousand times. Yeah, we can all go movies. through it. Like, I'm Dave and I'm alcoholic. You know, hi, hi Dave. Dave. Exactly. And, and I mean, it's 12 steps. Uh, so, a drink <laughs> in, you know, two months or whatever. Yeah. Yes. And so it's the 12 steps and it's going over the steps or it's, I've had this much sobriety. So you get a token and we clap for you. Like, there is nothing novel about this at all. And so this person had been sober for several years. So I, I said, like, like, what does this mean to you now? Versus what it meant to you at the beginning. And he was like, at the beginning, it was like I was constantly having my mind blown every week as I'm going over the steps. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, whoa. Uh, you know, it, it was just, it was a, an expansive experience, a novel experience, like really a, 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 a an epiphany almost every single week. But he's like, you know what? Now it's like, he's like, yeah, I've heard it all before. I've seen it all before. Like it's, it's, it, it's routine. I'm not surprised. It dries out. Yeah. The novelty has dried out. So it's like, why do you still do that? And he's like, you know what? Uh, the reason uh, that I do this is it's not about me. It's not about how I'm doing. It's about that person who was in my shoes, you know, who had, when they came to their first meeting, when he came to his first meeting and had no sobriety, you know, it was hours into having not taken a drink or done drugs. And he's like, I'm there, not for myself, but I'm there, and, and this is kind of applying Christian language to it, I'm there to minister to that person. 
Like we are there not for ourselves. We're there for each other. Which is where I would say that's where AA's like Christian roots are coming to the fore. It's like we're not just gathering together and going to church to um, to get great, you know, highs and get our jollies and like feel good about ourselves. It's like we're actually there because we're called to be there for other people. We're called to be there for other people who are searching, who are seeking, who are broken. And I mean, I've experienced this very powerfully uh, personally. Um, uh, kind of personal narrative history you know my son I had a, a, a my youngest son was born uh, was born four months early and so you know I'm used to being the pastor ministering serving you know serving people showing up in the hospital you know meeting people in, in moments of crisis here my family is thrown into crisis and chaos and who are the people that rallied around us and carried us through this our church you know and 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 we you can't just like conjure up that community out of nowhere it's because we were in um it's because we were brothers and sisters in christ in in it together and in it for each other for you know months and months and months that when this need arose like this this community could rally around us in, in the name of jesus which was a beautiful beautiful thing and a wonderful testament to me about how you know when we when we go it alone when we're self-centered we are missing something that is so important, so vital. And when we don't show up, when we extricate ourselves, um, we're cheating ourselves, but we're robbing other people of this thing that is so powerful um, that we're called to be for each other. You know, the body of Christ, that's what we're called to be for each other. And so when we just think about it in terms of what we can get out of something, it's to me such an impoverished and wasteful view of really what this what this church, this community is called to be. Yeah, I agree. That's a good beef, and <laughs> so, you've answered it well. Um, so, yeah, and I think one of the things about like the, the, the routine of community, and people think that it dries out and whatnot, I was, I was thinking of this the other day, is that um, you know, the reason that you have to go to church over and over again, like why do I have to keep doing that, yeah. that is that, that community and I mean this is uh, there's so much more to it than this but that even just that community everybody knows when you withdraw from society <laughs> is that a healthy thing <laughs> yeah. like you know there there are healthy aspects to it to unplugging and doing things but if, if what what if we were all just a, a nation of just loners you know like he was a quiet man who kept to himself that never ends well for anyone <laughs> no, you know no. even on that base level like it takes a commitment and and nobody always feels like it and nobody goes into uh, a church or a cathedral and feels the cathedral of nature every time it doesn't work that way no sometimes you do sometimes you don't but you gotta you gotta show up exactly and and like we were created um, I mean, one of the the central tenet of of Christianity, right, is is Trinitarian theology that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and so we're created in God's image and likeness. We're created for being in relationship and and being in community. And so when we cut ourselves off from that, we're cutting ourselves off from something that's at the very core of what it means to be a human being created in God's image and God's likeness. And so uh, it's a less than human way of being in this world. And and I think we see, uh, particularly at this cultural moment, how fragmented we are and detached we are from um, communities, not just in the church, but, but deeper communities of civic commitment that build these bonds of relationship and trust that enrich 
uh, society. I mean, there's that, you know, classic book, Bowling Alone, where it's like, yeah, yeah more people, more rounds were bowled last year than ever before in the history of bowling, probably. But there's less leagues. And so it's like, it's indicative of this, like, this ungluing or this detachment. And so uh, also to reference another book that I've been reading recently, yeah, this Fractured Republic, it's called by, uh, by this writer, uh, Yuval Levin. And he talks about how once we lose these sort of mediating institutions, um, uh, you know, all we're left with is basically like a gigantic, you know, state, the state to take care of us. And we're these atomized individuals and how unfulfilling of a life and an existence that is. So that's what I say to you, <laughs> nature church person. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll wrap it up then as the guy sitting next to you on the plane, like, well, you made a pretty good case, man, but uh, are there going to be cliff bars if I come to your church? Yep, and you can even eat them in your pew. <laughs> All right, man, I'm there. Yes! <laughs> another, another. another soul in the kingdom. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, uh, well, I think we answered that. We have uh, much more to come, so don't go away. We're going to take a little break right now, and when we come back, as promised, we will revisit one of our most famous departments. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, and uh, Dave will be put on the block again. So come back with us. And now this. To me the life I love, let the days go by me. Give the jolly hem above and the byway nigh me. Bed in the bush with stars to see, bread I dip in the reef. Hey everyone, thank you once again for listening to the Like Trees Walking podcast. Uh, as I always ask for this time, I will ask you again to do us a huge, huge favor. And one of which is if you have not done this already, um, could you please go to iTunes or Google Play Store, however you uh, listen to this podcast. And if you could rate us, but most importantly, write a review. That really helps in terms of other people um, discovering the podcast. Also, if you could share it um, on your Facebook page, your Twitter account, uh, good old-fashioned email, anyone who you think might want to listen to this, um, we would most appreciate it if you would share it with them. Uh, you can always give us feedback. Um, you can come to the Like Trees Walking Facebook page. You can reach us on Twitter. Those are the best two ways to interact with us. We also have an email list um, on our on our website, liketreeswalkingpod.com, that you can sign up for. You can get updates and news, and then you can also uh, email us back. So we really appreciate your support. Um, keep those listens coming, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a little culture, finally. What a, yeah, what a rousing piece of bumper music, Mike, that you've chosen. I think it is. This is uh, the great RVW, Ray Fawn Williams, and his song cycle on the works of Robert Louis Stevenson, Songs of Travel. This is called The Vagabond. Ah? Huh? Ah, yeah, the, this one's, the kids are, the kids are going to be listening to this one, Mike. This is, this is the tunes that we all want. You know, this leads into our next thing. If I'm going to push this aside for the moment, I'm just going to say, if you are back from the break and somehow you listen to only half the podcast, go back, listen to it from the start, and listen to Pastor Berge talk about a uh, sort of beef on. Yeah, it was a beef. It was a it was, it was a, a rant. Yeah. Your fists were clenched. They your, were there was spittle flying from your mouth. Thank goodness for the veins uh, in my neck were popping, popping out. Yes. Uh, thank goodness for the spit screens that we have, the pop guards. Mm-hmm. Pop, pop guards. 
working well as always. Uh, but it was about that notion that I don't need the church because I can go out and look at a sunset and I get all the spirituality we need. So he talked about the uh, the need for, uh, you know, a community. And, yeah, and there's so much more. I mean, I often come back to community when I'm talking about church because um, I think that's something that people can, can grasp even before they grasp the depth of, of the theology um, behind it. But it just the, 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 the problem I have with so much of the self-centered thinking when it comes to um, how we're supposed to be in the world and what it means to uh, to be a Christian that somehow that's been reduced in people's minds to a very self-centered uh, personalistic type of a thing when we've I just feel like somehow we've totally missed the boat on what we're called to be and yeah it's 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 not about you Ooh, that's those are tough words <laughs> I mean that's, let them sink in that's putting a bow on it it's yeah. like hey get over yourself it's not about you well, that leads nicely into our next thing, and also the fact that uh, you know all you, all you youngsters out there who don't appreciate the music of the great Ray Fawn Williams. Well, <laughs> that kind of leads into this next thing, and this is revisiting a segment. And so, let's play the theme song now and get right into it. All right. Mysterious mysteries, mysteries from beyond the limits of human understanding. And beyond. <laughs> how, how did we forget about that? That was all the way back in episode 103. How did we oh, forget we about Oh, we were so much mysteries? younger then. We're older than that now. No, wait. It goes the other way, right? I we was so... so much, that's Bob Dylan. older than... Uh, I think it's young. the birds. Isn't that Bob Dylan? Well, I think he covered uh, it. So, no, he probably wrote it and the birds covered it. I think you're wrong. Thousand dollars on the table. <laughs> all right. Let's see it. Let's... Okay. There it is. Done. Jeff, our producer, is going to look. He's going to check that out. Yep. Uh, well, while you look that up, Jeff, the producer, I will explain uh, what the mysterious mystery is, and you will, ha- I mean, I'll present the mystery, Thank and you. you will have to explain it. And uh, this leads into that thing. You you millennials, you kids with your Crocs and your short pants and your big lollipops and your pinwheel hats and your, I don't know, and your tricycles, you're always talking about this full house show what what is the deal with that i i mean that's, it was that's very sort of a, that's very seinfeldy of you what's, what's the deal, the deal with, with, full, with house? full house there's a house it doesn't seem that full to me but you're calling it full house <laughs> come on jerry uh but no but it, it seemed like it was a mediocre show of your youth and then it came back right with much fanfare fuller house and I, I, of course, I knew about the phenomenon. I'm not aware. I don't think I've seen a second of it. But you brought it up with enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. Mike, 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 we were just sitting here. To, I don't know how it came up, but we were just sitting here talking. And somehow Mike brought up Fuller House. And my face immediately uh, lit up with glee. And I was like, you know, it, it was really not that bad. Like me basically saying it was really good. And so, Mike, when I hear you kind of ripping uh, Full House, Fuller House, I think of the words of the great... Stephanie Tanner. How rude. <laughs> Give me a break, Mike. It's not that hard to understand. Okay, so it was the 1980s when it wait, came Wait, wait. Set the scene. Can you, think, can you sing the theme song? You, uh, first of all, I can't say sing the theme song, but can you sing the theme song for the first one? And can you do it for bonus points for Fuller House? <laughs> oh, I can. I definitely. Well, I think it's actually the same song for the two shows. Oh. Just one is by Carly Rae Jepsen, who did the like... So here's my number. Call me, baby. She like re sang it, but um, 
It was whatever happened to predictability. The milkman, the paperboy, even in TV. Uh, everywhere you look, everywhere you look, there's a heart, a hand to hold on to. Everywhere you look, every when you're lost out there and you're all alone, life is waiting to carry you home. Everywhere you look, and then it was like. Everywhere you I, look, and it hit this shooby doo bop bop out, and then it went right in. You know, I I, I have much to say about what just happened here. <laughs> I wish you could have watched. I don't people. know whether to blame you for that, which I'd like to, or that is the most tuneless theme song I've ever heard in it's my life. Great, that was a random collection we're, of notes. We're gonna have to like assembled together. We're gonna have to like put this as like the the outro to today's show is gonna be the full house theme song because it's such. A, I mean, it's like a great theme song. It's all this wonderful montage of all the characters, but also the city of San Francisco is a character in the show. Uh, it was before you know Silicon Valley. It was a simpler time in in San Francisco. Was this a uh, an Alan Thick penned? theme song do you know that he did like a? do you know who alan thick oh, is? yeah from uh, the father of yes. robin thick yes who was a uh, late night uh, host and a, like a raconteur just sort of a guy who was I around thought hosting Thi- i thought things. alan thick was the dad the guy who played the dad on uh, oh he did that Pains. too yeah but he was also the host of thick of the night which is was he a, british no he's canadian oh so, so you knew close. there was something wrong with him right <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding to our canadians we love the we love, canadian we love canada but anyway yeah he wrote all those sort of over explanatory i think he wrote you know the facts of life theme song mm-hmm. you take the good you take the bad you do something else and something else happens the facts of life <laughs> uh so that sounds like that sort of meandering garbage from him i don't know who I, wrote it i don't mean to denigrate the great alan thick i yes. take back everything the I said. great alan all right thick. so that's the theme song so now yep. why so, great do you, theme song why do people your age love it so much um it, it, i mean there is of course a nostalgia thing but we loved it at the time and i mean i think one of the reasons we loved it is we were of the age where it was on um it, it, it was called tgif and it was a friday night television on ABC. And so when you're like a kid of a certain age, you have nothing to do except on a Friday night watch television. And so it it, it came on. Uh, but the show, I mean, the characters are so shallow, but so, so great. And, and so... Um, it had something for everyone, right? Was this the Olsen twins? Yes, the Olsen the twins. Mary Kate and oh, Ashley okay. Olsen were on it. Wow. So you had like the cute baby. You had the like... Uh, awkward two sisters um but then you had like joey uncle joey telling you know goofy jokes you had the cool uncle jesse you had the super lame father played by the incredibly profane bob saget bob saget right (laughs) aristocrats or whatever um so it was i mean it was just this wonderful show about family um these very you know, silly, wonderful characters, a great theme song, um, hijinks. It was very like it was so clean and moral um, and 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 funny. That really sounds great. Clean and moral. Oh, you're really sizzling this. <laughs> That's my Friday night for me. <laughs> but just as a kid, like there was something. There was just something so it was like a a, a, okay. a pumpkin spice latte in the fall. Yeah, right. Chicken soup for the teenagers. This I one hundred percent. I, I respect that 100%. It was for the kids. Like when I was a kid, I yeah. had my kids show. 
but there's something about your generation where you you have to claim that what you saw as a kid was the greatest thing ever and there's no letting go of it there's constantly like a dog to his vomit you're returning to it and making fuller houses why is that because fuller house it's it's like man we can recapture that magic because you know what nothing has stepped in to fill that void and so i blame the culture like okay here's a whole big you know gap of time i mean since the show went off the air like 20 years no good great family show has filled that gap in the meantime and so now as we have kids my generation who watch that show we have kids like what are we supposed to show them we have nothing to show them and so we can't just keep watching reruns of full house so give us some fuller house you know like fair enough have you gone back here's the most important thing have you gone back and watched the old full houses and do you stand by your opinion that they were good in any sense of the word i have gone back yes (laughs) that's maybe a bit of a stretch um i have watched some of them and I do stand by oh their being my. good because they're so like they're so cheesy and corny that they're that they're just they're just great. Whew. All right. Well they're he great, stands by it. They're great art. <laughs> oh, wait. wait a minute. Okay, well that's... No, I don't stand by that at all, actually. <laughs> well let's let's make a little meter here. Let's say that ten uh, on the art is uh, the works of Shakespeare, uh, Bach's Mass in B minor, um, the Sistine Chapel. Where's Thomas Kincaid on the scale, painter of light? <laughs> and so then let's calibrate zero is, of art is um, I wear my sunglasses at night or um, I don't know. What's the what's the worst song ever? Uh, uh, some like... Uh, uh, we uh, Built This City on Rock yeah, and that, Roll. Yeah, We Built This City on Rock and Roll is probably <laughs> one of the Universally proclaimed as the worst pop song. Okay, where is on the scale if that if We Built This City is zero and those are ten, where does it stand on the I scale? I think, you know, I'm not going to like be outrageous. I'm going to say it's safely a five. A solid five. It's a solid five. Like... Like so, it, right there with like you know the films of Orson Welles and uh, I haven't seen any of Orson Welles films, oh, so I can't judge. Too busy watching. Yeah, but there's there's Fuller House to watch. Okay. Okay. Wow. Well, there we have it. Um, I don't know if we solved this mystery, but we at least we shone a flashlight on it. I didn't even mention Kimmy Gibbler. There was only a few things I didn't like about. Fuller. Oh, but you didn't mention Fuller House. Does it? Is Fuller House? I mean. The legacy is it carry it, on? It is does. It it, I'd say it carries the legacy on very well. Um, I think you know now the focus DJ the the oldest daughter is now all grown up, and it always involves a spouse dying, which is kind of tragic about the show. It's like a Disney movie how a parent always dies. So like, every that's... episode is a very special <laughs> episode. No, I mean. but but the the whole show is kind of like shrouded in this tragedy of what could be a broken family, but is made whole because they're in it together. You know, maybe it just touches that love of community side of me, but. Um, I think that uh, Candace Cameron, Kurt Cameron's uh, sister, um, the great Kurt Cameron, yeah, sure. um, his sister, she carries the show. So she's the central character now. She does a great job. Um, she's got a couple love interests that she you know she's newly widowed, but you know she's exploring dating again. They do a good job of like not getting into the relationship too quickly. Like they don't Jim and Pam like get them together too quickly, which I think they did do on The Office. Um, so I, right now I love it, and I can't wait for season two. I gotta say I can't wait for. Wow. And the new kids are actually good. Like uh, hey, I like the show. Hey, hey, 
they're not sponsoring us. Let's wait until we get the sponsorship money, and then we can start sizzling the show, all right? If you like Like Trees Walking, you know what you actually might like? And we'll interview. If we could get them to sponsor, then we could interview Candace Cameron Bure. She's married to a hockey player. You know far too much about Al- this. And I- d- don't stop me, but Alanis Morissette wrote that song, You Ought to Know, about Dave, Dave Coulier, who played. Has that Uncle been Jim. confirmed? If it's a rumor, I want to spread it. Just and did you know that? Oh, in that the, could be another the, mystery. Did you know that Phil Collins wrote in the air tonight about a real? <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I'm just spreading lies. All right, we're gonna snopes Stop this me. entire episode. Stop me. All right. Hopefully, we shed some light on that mystery. Hopefully, we let uh, uh, Pastor let loose with his beef today and illuminated things for you. Uh, I don't know if we sold Fuller House. I let loose. I, I, as equally like negative as I was in my rant about about the first thing, I was like the opposite in my yeah. The joy has returned to your face. House. I see a twinkle in your eye again, and all is right. In the, God is in His heaven, and all is right with the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the best of all possible worlds we're living. In, so. Wow. All right. Well, uh, we will revisit this segment again and hopefully illuminate more mysteries as well as answer the most important questions of our time from a Christian perspective. I am Michael J. Nelson. I'm David Berge. And this is Like Trees Walking. Thanks for listening. The milkman, the paper boy, the evening TV.